Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. And she caught me fair and square. <laughs> caught me fair and square, and I was just like, "Okay, I I really can't edit this out." I, I, I got, three gotta, pulls later, that thing fired right up. Yep, yep. I got to give her credit for that one. In my defense, though, in my defense, that fuel shutoff does not say on or off on it. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> you so had a fifty percent chance of being right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? You, you mean it's supposed to turn this way? She's like, yes. <laughs> she got you there, brother. She got yeah. you there. <laughs> Thank so goodness, what? I probably would have been pulling on that thing for a long time after that. It's around the house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us today. Caroline and I have an epic guest for the show today. Oh my God. And I just have to introduce him kind of with some of this stuff here. <laughs> we have Steve Woo! Small Engine Saloon. In the house. Steve. Welcome to Around the House, my friend. Jersey Fist Pump. Wow, thank you so much. Eric, <laughs> Caroline, this is cool. I'm so happy you invited me to be here. This is going to be fun. Love it. Thanks. We're going to do something here first. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. What's Cheers. Oh, what? Eric, what was that? What oh, you, you want to hear that again? That was uh, <laughs> your my theme beer? song. <laughs> I've got Bud. What do you got over there? I've got my Bud. Eric's drinking Modelo. I'm drinking a Modelo, this- and uh, Steve's got his sponsor's beer over there. What do you got? No, actually, I don't have a beer sponsor, to be honest. Oh, there we <gasps> go. We got to fix that. Lucky. This right here. Lucky Lager. Lucky Lager. Because I live on Vancouver Island, and it's like the staple beer of Vancouver Island. Everybody here drinks Lucky Lager. <laughs> I have had plenty of that on that island, yeah. so it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, man, you have been the owner on YouTube, it seems, of small engine repair and making it pretty dang entertaining as well. And I think this is, you know, Caroline is will be the first to admit, and I don't want to speak for her, that she doesn't know much about this subject, which... She comes on and we talk healthy homes and I don't know much about that subject. So <laughs> we've, we've switched the t- tables around a little bit, but this is one of the most common things that homeowners struggle with is just the maintenance and keeping running of, of, of their small engines. Yeah, I, I agree with you 110%. It's huge. That's why small engine businesses out there are so ridiculously busy in the springtime, especially. Yeah, you know when when springtime hits, you haven't ran your lawnmower or any or your weed eater or anything for like, especially in Canada, you know maybe five or six months you haven't even started it. Yep, you go try to start it and the oh my grass is 
four feet tall. Now I got to go mow my grass. And you go fire up your lawnmower and won't start. My yep. rototiller, do? my rototiller, Eric, I have a huge garden. Like it's maybe like a quarter of an acre big. So I need you every day. Ro- rototiller. I need the weed whacker. Eric got me into green work. So he's got me kind of going with the electric stuff. Cause I'm a little, yep. you know, the battery powered stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. we need you. You know, every I spring. like, you know, every spring. Yeah. And that's one of the things, I mean, when it comes to, to snowblowers, you know, you, you guys in the great white North up there more so than me in Portland, but I've got a snowblower here, but that thing doesn't run for nine months and people don't store them right. They shove them in the garage or the storage shed or whatever. Yeah. And they pull them out and expect them to run perfectly. And it's not like you just park the car in the garage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll be honest with you where I live. Yeah. I'm in Canada too, but where I live on Vancouver Island, Hardly ever get snow here. You're like me. I hardly ever get snow blowers in for repair. Uh, You go over to the other side, you know, right above you, Caroline, up above New York and Ontario or Mm -hmm. Quebec, something like that. Well, they get snow. (laughs) They get snow. But yeah, on on the west coast of Canada, yeah, I really hardly ever see. So I have a question. I'll be honest, your climate is very close to your your climate's close to mine. I mean, we get that the Pacific storms come in and the water's not that cold. And, you know, we'll get that stuff coming out of uh out of BC mainland where the you know, where the stuff pushes backwards and then we'll get some snowstorms that are freak, but we don't get crushed like everybody else does. I have a question. Yeah. So what is the number one repair? Like if you have to say, what's the number one thing that everybody has to repair or the, the most common thing that you do like all the time? Maybe you're sick of it. I think it may possibly be a cross between lawnmowers and weed eaters. Mm. And I, I do understand somebody out there is going to say, oh, weed eaters, just a brand. But we all call, you know, it's like saying Kleenex, right? Amen. Amen, yeah. brother. Kleenex. No, Kleenex is a brand. It's actually called facial tissue or whatever, right? <laughs> Who says, hand me a facial tissue? Nobody yeah, does. Exactly. Give me a Kleenex. <laughs> um, same, same thing with weed eaters. You know, technically weed eater is a brand, but everybody where I live calls them weed eaters. So yep. they're actually technically grass trimmers or in the UK, they call them strimmers. So how oh. did you get into this? Like, how did you become Steve's like small engine saloon and kind of for our audience, if people don't know who you are and how you kind of incorporate having a drink with fixing something and making it really interesting. How did you get here? It just fascinates me. Well, I've been a small engine mechanic since like 1987. Mm. Nice. Like on and off. I haven't been like for every minute of my life, I haven't been a small engine mechanic, but I started in 1987 and I've kind of broke off a little bit from that to go try some other things, but I always come back to being a small engine mechanic. So that's what I do. And uh, what actually got me started in in uh, to do my first YouTube video mm-hmm. was I I watched this kid on YouTube. <laughs> I, I know I've said I've said this uh, before on other interviews too, but I just couldn't help myself. I watched this kid. He was like fourteen years old. His video. He was trying to teach somebody how to tune the carburetor on a weed eater and um it was just the most it was the brutalest most horriblest video i've ever seen <laughs> i don't even know why i was watching it we need that and, boom um, sound effect. Just, oh, 
<laughs> and he had thousands and thousands of uh, views on this horrible, horrible video. And so I actually told my wife, I said, you know what? If that kid's getting that many views, I want to try making a video. That's awesome. I want to try making a video and I want to see how many views I can get because I can, I know I can do a better job than that. And that's really where it started. My wife just said, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. You know, and it started out as a hobby. I put my first couple of videos up and we were getting views like crazy. And I was like, this is pretty cool, man. That's awesome. And I'm it sure that's it's still fun yeah. to this day. Yeah. I can tell you're having fun because, you know, there's people out there that, that are big YouTube people and no shade thrown against them, but they're not having fun. You can tell that's like, oh, I got to cut another video. Yeah. And, and you can see that every single time. You can. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just like you can tell that they don't have the passion for it. And, man, every time you're in there, and I love it that you don't preset stuff up. Like you're going to, hey, we're going to fix this. And I got no idea what the hell is going to go on with this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what? There are some setup videos out there. Some people uh, in the same industry as I'm in on YouTube. It, it, people know. The viewers know if you're full of crap. <laughs> they they so know. True. And and uh, I will never do that. As a matter of fact, I, I've actually done, you know, I try to do a video every Friday. I try to put one out every Friday. When that doesn't happen, it's because I am not in the mood <laughs> where I know I will, where I know if I am forced to do this video, it's going to come across right now as me being, I don't want to be here. You know what, you know what I mean? No I'm acting involved. Yep. I'm just going to be smiling and joking around. It's now it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We get that. And, and then I'll just. Just say, you know what? I I can't do a video this week because this is going to come out horrible. The video is going to be terrible because I I don't even want to do this video. That's so yep. smart. This, like right now, so so I wait until I'm actually in a good mood and so I can actually play around, and joke a little bit, and I think we can relate <laughs> to that, nice. Eric. You know, because sometimes we're you know you have to go on and you're just not right. You're not in that frame of place where you want to be funny and joke. Yep. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's Eric same kind of thing. And I are, but you know, every once in a while, you get a bad day. You just don't want to do it. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I love the honesty of your videos too. Cause what was that one with the little trolling motor where was that your wife that walked in the video and went, Hey, uh, yeah. you might want to turn the gas on. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was dying. Out of dying. a out of hundred, I think I have 190 videos or something like that, that I've put up the huh? first time that April, my wife, <laughs> I call her my executive producer. Aww, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it's the first time she's ever went, you know what? Maybe I maybe I could be on one of your videos. I say my videos; they're not; they're our videos. Sure, one. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I was like, "Cool, hey man, I've been waiting for this day." Yeah. <laughs> you want to come on a video? Let's do it. Let's do a real simple thing right here. And uh, when uh, when she did that, I was just like, I was I was kind of you know in that video, I actually said, "I'm going to edit this out." You did. Yep, you did. Because, because I'm like. <laughs> Everybody's going to think I'm an idiot here. <laughs> but you know, what? I always give credit where credit is due. And she caught me fair yep. and square. 
not in fair and square. And I was just like, okay, I, I really can't edit this out. I, 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 and I, three I pulls it. later, that thing fired right up. Yeah, yeah. I got to give her credit for that one. In my defense, though, in my defense, that fuel shutoff does not say on or off on it. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> you had so, a 50% I mean, chance of being right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? You, you mean it's supposed to turn this way? She's like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. She got you there, brother. She got yeah. you there. <laughs> Thank so goodness. What, I probably would have been pulling on that thing for a long time after that. Steve's 42 minute video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> 42 minute video on how to turn a fuel shot off to the one. <laughs> That would have been awesome. So for the homeowners out there that are, you know, that have been mistreating their small engines every single year, you know, they buy the lawnmower, they change the oil when they go to sell it or when they go to buy a new one and put the oil back in and don't store it. What are some of your favorite maintenance tips for people with just the common lawnmower out there? Make them for me. Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) I can do it. Tell me. Make them for me. Say again, you Caroline? have to make them for me yeah. because I'm like the idiot, yeah. right? So if you had to give me instructions, give me one thing that I could do that would be easy that I should be doing that I'm probably not doing. Um, Cleaning the air filter. Anybody can clean an air filter out, especially on a lawnmower. You're cutting in dusty conditions. Uh, grass clippings, dust, dirt is getting sucked into the air filter and it is incredibly easy to take your air filter off and just clean your air filter out. Because if you don't do that, then it's choking your engine off if, if your air, it seems in a car, it's exactly yeah. the same thing as a car. Yeah. If your air filter, if the air can't breathe in, it's just like you breathing with your lungs. It's like holding a, your hand over your mouth and trying to breathe in then it's not going to work. So that's a super easy thing, Caroline. Yeah, see? Anybody can clean yeah, an air filter. Yeah, yeah, because it messes with that air fuel mixture. So you've got that carburetor yeah. kind of set up for the air fuel mixture in there. And as soon as you cut that available air down to 20, 30% or less, now you're automatically flooding it out and it's sputtering, spitting, it's smelling <laughs> like fuel. Uh-uh. It's nasty. <laughs> You got it, man. Are you a small engine mechanic? I'm a car guy, so it's the same rules apply. That's exactly know? right. You're you're 100 percent on, huh? And I've re- I've I've blown up my own small engines before. I've I've grenaded things, and you know, due to lack of maintenance and stuff myself, you know, it uh, you know, messing with the governors and that kind of stuff, trying to get yeah. things to go a little better and trying to break all the rules. Yeah, I've blown up some engines on my couple of my videos where I blow them up on purpose. I got to watch those. Yeah, that's, that's always awesome. fun. I'm like, Hey, you want to see what's going to happen here? You want to <laughs> see what's going to happen? If you, if you, uh, but I did a little leaf blower is a two stroke leaf blower where you have to mix your gas, right? Yep. You have to put, mix your fuel and your oil together. Yep. Two yeah. stroke. If you put your lawnmower gas in there, it's, there's no oil <laughs> in it. It's not getting lubricated. <laughs> And I was on one video, I was just like, I'll show you exactly what's going to happen if you don't mix your gas. Let's put some straight gas. Boom. And that was cool. We cooked that thing real good. Yeah. Oh, awesome. man. I feel I, I feel the pain of the rings and the bearings in that motor because that uh, doesn't take Done. much. <laughs> yep. 
It doesn't take much. Well, I know we're coming into fall here and winter where people are starting to think about, you know, the next few months putting away that, that small engine equipment. Maybe it's the leaf blower. Maybe it's the, you know, the lawnmower or the string trimmer or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it seems that's a common place that people make mistakes of just going in and put it on the, on the shelf in the shed and trying to create the gummiest fuel known to mankind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fuel, the fuel nowadays is brutal. It's uh, it's got so much benzene and ethanol, especially the ethanol in it that um, the fuel nowadays, if you leave it in a, in a small engine, a lot of people say that the shelf life on gasoline that you buy from the fuel station, like where Mm -hmm. you fill up your car, that gasoline has a shelf life of like a a month. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. after a month, it starts going bad and, and it starts getting gummy. Like you just said, Eric. Yeah. I can actually, I can actually in a car, in a car, that's no big deal, but in a small engine, that is like, that's a horrible, horrible thing in a small engine. So Carolyn, what I do is I actually head out. There's a little farm store that I can go to that's out here that sells the clear hundred percent, you know, fuel that has none of the alcohols, none of the additives in it. And it's just pure gasoline. And uh, Mm -hmm. I love running that in my generator. I love running it actually Mm -hmm. in my old Mercedes too, because it runs better with it. Yeah. And you know what? You're probably saving yourself a ton of money by spending a few extra bucks to run that stuff, uh, non-ethanol, 100% non-ethanol fuel in your small engines. You're you're saving money by doing that. And it just runs better. I mean, it's putting out less emissions out of that thing because it's actually running correctly and it's not running horribly because of just fuel. I have a question. Yep, I agree. So, you yeah, know, Caroline, go ahead. He doesn't know me that well. So, we're it's all a new meet and greet, but um I'm an indoor air quality environmental consultant, right? That's what I am by trade. So, residential consultant, mm-hmm. so I test air quality. So, what you're telling people is really beneficial because you're saying get rid of this stuff, don't store it in there because it can turn into a toxic mess and then people are if you have an attached mm-hmm. garage, which most of my clients do, right? They're going to have all this stuff stored mm-hmm. in there and be breathing out you know, benzene, which we know is a carcinogen and other funky stuff. So mm-hmm. what's the safest thing mm-hmm. to do from a safe standpoint? How do you empty it or do you leave it empty and make sure you run it dry before you store it? There is a big controversy between small engine mechanics mm-hmm. on what is the proper way to store something. <laughs> and and I have come to the conclusion, now I have both videos actually on my channel, but I have come to the conclusion now if you – if you want to store uh, a long, you know, I got to say, <clears throat> I used to think it was different between a, like a weed eater, a two-stroke or, or a four-stroke lawnmower, a little bit different. People say, well, you got to run them dry. Mm-hmm. Run all the fuel out and leave it dry over the winter while you store it. Well, I've done that before and, I've, and next year it doesn't start anyway hmm. and you take it apart and the main jet in the carburetor is closed <laughs> up and it's it's got safety stuff on it even though it was stored dry hmm. and i think so, that's because my experience is it's because all the little crap that was in the in the gas tank i just sucked every last bit of dirt through the fuel line into the carburetor <laughs> and then just left it there to dry up <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, uh, yeah i mean that's my experience 
that's what I've so, done. I've thrown stable in it before, you know, not mm-hmm. to throw a name out there, but yep. that seems to have worked okay, but it's never really, for me, it's never been like the foolproof method of doing it. Mm-hmm. So what do you do, Steve? So what's the... I believe that the foolproof way of doing that now is to get your high-priced fuel, the stuff that has no ethanol, no benzene. Mm-hmm. It's just pure white gasoline you can buy it all over the place you can even go to the airport and buy av gas it's Hmm. aviation gas it's the cleanest purest stuff and like i said uh when you go to the gas station that gasoline has a shelf life of like a month yep you don't want to store your equipment with that stuff in there because it's going to all the good stuff evaporates out and you're left with the gunk in there (laughs) So I, uh, what I've been doing for the last two years is actually storing my stuff with the higher price gas where it's pure gas and the shelf life of that is like two years. Yeah. So it's not going to go bad in your weed eater or your, or your lawnmower or leaf blower or whatever over five, six months of sitting in your garage over the winter. So where, where do you get that, Eric? Where did, like, so as a stupid person, I don't, you know, you're talking to people who don't have No, you're not stupid. Right? Most people don't. Yeah. Most people don't do this. So um, look around. You can look around, look for like some of the code words are are clear gasoline. Usually it's in more farm areas. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, in my little town here, I'm south of Portland, Lake Oswego. There's a little tiny two two or three pump, small self-service kind of guy coming out with the white glove kind of old school service station. They've got a pump with it there. Hmm. So right. there's they're they're out there. You can jump online hmm. and you start looking around. And and yeah. I I don't have a perfectly good resource, but it doesn't take much to find it, especially in farm communities. Interesting. Yeah, and you can buy it. You can buy any small engine uh, dealership. You know, you go to a steel yeah. dealer, a Husqvarna mm-hmm. dealer, yeah. or whatever. You can buy that stuff in cans. Oh, like that's bottles. Yeah, like Havers, where I take my yeah. tractor. I track take my tractor to Havers. They've got it. Yeah, yeah you can that. pick up something like. Steel Moto Mix or Husqvarna uh, Mix or Echo Mix some. Uh, you can get True true Fuel, Aspen Fuel. You can buy it, it pre-packaged. You don't have to go fill up a jerry can, right? And you know where you see those pre-packaged ones? You see them in Quentin Tarantino movies as they're starting to burn down buildings and stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Quentin Tarantino, he always has those in there. It's just those yeah. little one gallon cans of uh, metal cans. And it's always the, before yeah. they light the building on fire, that's what they're using. Yeah, because it burns better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gasoline gasoline is so important in a small engine. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What do you think about, um, you know, I think people have a real problem. You know, again, homeowners can't deal with carburetors very well. Most people look at that and they go, oh, <laughs> they start messing with it. Is that best just to go ahead and bring that? that small engine into the shop and have somebody mess with it, then have a homeowner sit there and try messing with that carburetor when they've gunked it up. Nope. They just got to go watch Steve small engine saloon. <laughs> Perfect I'm, answer. I'm golden now. Is, is that what we would call a shameless plug? We love it. Nope. But they, they, Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. <laughs> we all have our beers. <laughs> the audience is missing us. Yep. <laughs> It is not a hard thing to do unless if you don't watch it, if you just pull a carburetor off and you don't know what you're doing. Yes. But Hey, you know what? I'm going to be fair here. Okay. Um, 
you don't have to go back and watch one of my videos. There's lots of videos out there on how to clean carburetors properly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying just I'm the only one on YouTube that is going to teach you this. Well, you are. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. If you go watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to do that, then oh, I get comments all the time um, on my videos saying. Steve, I would have never thought it was this easy. You gave me the confidence. There we go. This video gave me the confidence to actually go pull that carburetor off and take it apart and try it. And you know what? It worked. I just cut my grass. It worked. Thank you so much. I get nice. comments like that every day. That's amazing. It's awesome. It is awesome. Music to my ears, man. So yeah. if somebody like Carolyn went into her shed right now and – she hasn't used a piece of equipment for a month or two. And let's say it's her gas string trimmer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, let's say it's my wounded soldier. Out. I've got a wounded soldier right now, an old simplicity that's sitting out there that needs a battery. And it's sitting out there by my office building, by my garden for a while. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. It's just sitting. Okay. So wounded. you got that wounded soldier out there. What, <laughs> what is your recommendation for a homeowner to try first when they've got something that's quite frankly, it's dead in the water and they can't get it going. It depends what it is, whether it's a, it's a completely different answer for whether it's a lawnmower or weed eater, a leaf blower, uh, a riding lawnmower is different yep. than a push lawnmower. Uh, let's hit, let's hit string trimmer. For instance, they're sitting there and they're just pulling away on that little <laughs> thing. And it's just not going anywhere. The very first thing I would do if I couldn't start something, I would kind of assume it's flooded somebody had the choke on too long and they mm-hmm. pulled it and pulled it and pulled it until it was ch- flooded. Yep. Super easy thing to check. I would just check and see if it was flooded first. So I knew that wasn't the problem. And, um, after that, um, I actually do have a video on, especially a chainsaw. It's two stroke chainsaws are two strokes, two cycles. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it's a video where I do, there's the five top reasons. Mm-hmm why maybe your chainsaw won't start. Uh, that's an old video. Cool. Don't ask me to go through all five of them because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, on those things, most likely, though, you're coming back to fuel again, though, right? That's probably the most common. Uh, the, 100% you are so right. The most common reason why something won't start is a fuel-related issue. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes you sense. Just make sure you have spark on your spark plug. And then if it's got compression and, um, and then, yeah, it, the other thing, the biggest one is definitely fuel related, whether it's bad fuel in your fuel tank or whether the, your carburetor is not adjusted properly, whether it's flooded, it all comes back most of the time to being something fuel related. Or even if the fuel lines turned off. oh my gosh (laughs) see i told you fuel related that was fuel related it's always something with that absolutely so you know we're getting into chainsaw season again here too what are some of the common things that you see people that should be should be paying attention on chainsaw maintenance and sometimes that's just not the motor right um absolutely you know what where i live you you said chainsaw season yeah where I live, there is no chainsaw season. <laughs> nice. 
chainsaw season is 12 months a year. <laughs> Very true. Like uh, we, we're West Coast loggers out here. You know, the fallers and loggers cut down trees that are gigantic trees. I don't yep. want to get into that because I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with that, you know. Yeah, but, I'm in Oregon. Same kind of thing, man. We've got, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've got plenty of uh, plenty of the lumber industry comes out of our yeah. my neck of the woods, your neck of the woods. But, yeah. you know, Carolyn's got a comment there. Yeah, we've got. You got? So I'm in right so- outside of New York City. So you can imagine, Steve, what's happened with the COVID-19, right? All these people from the city, these city dwellers who have never lived in the country in their life have now decided they want to move yeah. out to the suburbs and they're like, getting property where they have three acres, six acres, and they're getting all these like small engines or like, oh, I need a weed whacker. I need a lawnmower. And you see, like I was driving down the road and all these wounded soldiers, I kind of laugh. Some guy just put like a a sheet over it and just left it there. And I'm laughing because you know that they have no idea. So it's great for people like this to know that you exist because there's all these new homeowners that have now kind of gone into this country living, right? Or where they've got grass and trees and all the stuff that they never had before. Well, I think that's going to help my business out a little bit. (laughs) It does. But, you know, it's one of those things that I see people. I mean, I've watched I've watched YouTube videos and stuff, and I see people out there trying to use their chainsaws. And one, I can look at the thing and go, man, that chain is so horribly not adjusted correctly. The bar looks like it's been through World War Three. Yeah. I don't even know how the chain's staying on it. What do you what do you have any suggestions on people and that kind of maintenance stuff? Uh yeah, you know what? Ch- chainsaw you asked me just a couple seconds ago there yeah. about chainsaw maintenance, the, the number one thing. I honestly <clears throat> again fuel related issues yep. all the time. You gotta take care of that. But for general maintenance, sharpening your chainsaw chain. Yeah. It is it is unbelievably important that you keep a razor sharp chain on that chainsaw because if you just keep using it and using it and all of a sudden you're you're pushing on that chainsaw now you're trying to get through a piece of wood to cut some firewood yep and it's not cutting and you just keep pushing harder and harder and harder and the chainsaw is struggling so hard because it can't cut the wood because it's not sharp yeah. That is so hard. You can actually cook the engine in a chainsaw by doing that. Man. So the sharper a chain is on a chainsaw, the less work the chainsaw has to do and the longer that chainsaw is going to live for. And it's safer for you as well because it has absolutely. less of a chance of kicking back and biting you. Oh, absolutely. It is a safety thing also. You know? but a lot of people go, oh, yeah, like, uh, if it's too sharp, I might cut my finger. And that's unsafe. And I know you're wrong. <laughs> it's like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> wear, wear gloves. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. How about safety gloves? So what, uh, a, what have been your safety gloves? Go you ahead, just Karen. brought that up. I would like to know, like if somebody's doing work, doing something like chainsaw, do you have yeah. a particular brand? Do you like something that you recommend for us for safety? Uh, for, for brands? No. What, what we call that in the industry is PPE, mm-hmm. personal mm-hmm. protection, mm-hmm. What is equipment? equipment. We have that in indoor air quality. Same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So when you're cutting, you know, if you're if you're using a lawnmower, you don't necessarily need to use gloves. You don't really need to use eye protection. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you, you know, maybe you should, but that's kind of overkill. over the top. Overkill. 
But if you're using a, a weed eater, I mean, how many times have you used a grass trimmer mm-hmm. and you get stuff flying right in your face? Oh my god, in the leg! You know, you're I'm like, ah, oh. in the face with little rocks. Exactly. Oh, it sucks. So, yeah, <laughs> it depends what you're using for what kind of PPE you should be using with what different kinds of equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve, my my secret to my to my weed eater is I use my chainsaw helmet and flip down mask with yeah. the mesh. Yeah, because it keeps. Carolyn, if it's basically just a chainsaw helmet with a face shield on it, but yeah. it's a mesh, so it doesn't fog up as much. It's not yeah. like a hard piece of plastic. Yeah. And for for weed eating, man, that is I use that more for that than I do on the dang chainsaw because That's awesome. It's easy to use, and man, if I if I get into some rocks or I can't tell you how many times I've knocked something off that and went that'll left the mark or that'd have been hard to get out of the beard. <laughs> yeah, and then when you take that mask or uh, the sorry that screen off after uh-huh. you're done trimming with a weed eater, you take that off and what's on the outside? It's just plastered with, with junk. Good job. All that that stuff that's on that screen would have hit you in the face. hundred percent. If you weren't wearing it. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and I'm also a big fan of, and I, it's something only I've done in the last few years, but I've seen enough people get hurt is I've actually started when I go out and I end up cutting up trees and stuff on my property, whatever. I invested in a decent pair of shops just to wear because I don't like to see, I don't want to get my, my legs cut off. If I get something, yeah. you know, up there and those are really important too. And I've only started using them the last year or two. Yeah. Ch- chainsaws are dangerous. <laughs> they, I mean, they are, they are ridiculously dangerous. It's like, it's up there with like a hedge trimmer. Yeah. I, it still freaks me out to use a hedge trimmer to this day. <laughs> Like I just, yeah. I just envision getting my fingers in a hedge trimmer and it only takes one, like a, a fraction of a second and you have no fingers left. They are just ridiculously dangerous. Yeah. So I, you said about the pants, the cha- the chaps. Yeah. And you know, you have chainsaw. Absolutely. Wear, wear those safety pants or chaps mm-hmm. and boots. Also, a lot of people will, will, you know, yeah, you don't want to go out there with Crocs. You're bucking firewood down by your feet. Yep. Well, yeah, it's a kind of a no brainer. There's your PPE right there. And of course, a chainsaw, chainsaw is full PPE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eye protection, ear protection, because they're loud and pants, boots. I, I still won't, honestly, I don't use gloves when I use a chainsaw. I don't. Yeah. I, you're, you're, you're supposed to, but. You know, I always get nervous, and Caroline, this is a little tip for you too. I always get nervous wearing loose clothing and gloves around power equipment yeah. because I don't want to get you, – you run a risk of catching the edge of a glove and it pulling you mm. into something. Yeah. So I'm always a little worried using gloves around, especially loose gloves. Like you'll see people grab the the home center gloves. They've got the, you know, the, the oversized gloves, and those things you can get pinched in something – and it's going to drag your hand into it. So I, I, I'm a little kind of torn on gloves sometimes. Gloves aren't always the best answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I totally am picking up what you're putting down, brother. <laughs> that's just one of those things that's like, ah. And now one thing that's been getting big on the West Coast, especially right now, is generators. You know, mm-hmm. because on the West Coast out here, we've been having the rolling blackouts. We're, you know. We're having even here in Oregon, which it's kind of creeping up your way, Steve, that mm-hmm. that uh, when we get those, you know, summertime or even in the winter, we had one where they have the red flag events and like, oh, heavy winds down power lines. We're going to turn the power off for 24 to 48 hours until the winds come down. 
And I know there's a lot of people out there spending a ton of money on generators. Mm-hmm. And, here, and again, it's the same kind of thing. In the Northeast. You're, you, I mean, Caroline, you... Same. Yeah. I mean, we've everybody's got a generator now. Ever since we had Hurricane Sandy and, you know, we get the hurricane, so we're close to the water. Everybody's got a generator. So how can we... What should we do Should we to maintain it? That's the big one What we were talking about earlier with storage. Storage. I know that generators are a big one because generators, you don't necessarily store a generator over the winter because the winter time is when your power is going to go out. Yep. But still, there are so many people that have generators that only use their generators during a power outage. So that generator can sit there for two That's years me. in your in your garage, and then your power goes out, and then you take your generator out to get started up, and it won't start. Yeah, of course it's not going to start. It's been sitting there with gummed up gas in it now for two years. So the, the generator's super important that you store them properly. I'm raising my hand like, like a little kid. I'm like, wait, Steve, I think Steve will be yeah. proud of me. You know what I did with my generator, which... No- People thought I was crazy. And this is weird that, um, you know, I deal with a lot of guys who are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a woman. Forget it. What are you talking about? I tr- I changed my Honda generator over to a tri-fuel. I had it sent up to Maine. No, you did not. I did. And I run, did it, you really? and I run it on propane. I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I going to stand in line to get gas with all these idiots when the power goes out because of a hurricane? I'm going to keep my propane tanks. And I did this. I had it tri-fueled and I used the propane all the time, which is easy for me, right? To go in and just change it. Wasn't that awesome? And you just use your barbecue tank, right? Yes. That's your awesome. Barbecue. I use my barbecue, barbecue tank. Just- so I have a blue rhino. I just have extra tanks whenever I need them and they're easy to store and I don't have to worry about the gas smell and all that. So much cleaner, easier, right? I need to be confident. Caroline, you rock. yeah we had we lost power with one of our storms here this last winter we had power no power for four days and we were down for four days and the gas stations it was a quite the jaunt to even go out and get it so luckily Mm -hmm. i ended up uh, i've got my big 95 f-250 so i was pumping gas out of that and dropping it right into my my generator you know well, I, I had 20 <laughs> gallons. I thought, oh, that's a fair amount of fuel sitting around. I should be good. Yeah. yeah, I started getting into my auxiliary tank on that just because I was like, oh, I don't want to use it all up. And uh, then I'd go up and get it fueled up again. But it, uh, it was shocking how much fuel that you really need to have around if you're going to be without power for a few days. Yeah. I love the I love the tri-fuel uh, thing on generators. It's awesome. Um Caroline, I'll, I'll tell you, this is actually kind of funny that you just brought that up <laughs> because I have a list, a list two pages long of, um, I, I call them video ideas. And every time somebody gives me an idea, I'd write it down. Okay, this is a great idea for a future video. And mm-hmm. I write it down. And one of them on there is how to convert your generator to a to a propane. If we live closer, nice. I want to be on the show because it's great for me because I, I don't have to <laughs> so haul So now you want to come out here and we'll cruise up that way. It was yeah. awesome. Hey, Car- Caroline, I'm, I'm not paying for your airfare. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there, there's no, uh, and you probably fly into Victoria, don't you? Or you got a place that you guys fly into up there. You know what? Uh, I live actually in Nanaimo, just, Oh, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, Nanaimo. So we have, a, it's a bit, pretty big airport yeah. in Nanaimo. I nice. literally live 
I don't know, seven kilometers away from the airport or something. Nice. Oh, it's it's nice. close. Yeah. Yeah. And also ferries, ferries that come over from the from the mainland. Yep. I live like seven minutes from one ferry terminal that comes in from Vancouver and like 15 minutes from the other ferry. That's awesome. Nice. I'm in a great location. Mm. So yeah, you are. Caroline, if you come over, I'll pick you up. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Yep. There we go. <laughs> So, Steve, we're starting to run out of time. What are some of the things that uh, we haven't talked about today that uh, you'd love to chat about? No, nothing's really popping into my head. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How do people nice. find you? And, like, so what's the easiest way? Obviously, YouTube, oh. but. Yeah, you know, in the last couple months or so, my wife, April, has been really getting us out there on social media now. So we do have a Twitter thing going, to Instagram. Um, um, what's the other one? Facebook, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yep. We'll have to connect. I'm connecting yeah. with you. And so, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, your website's what? Steve's uh, small engine saloon.com. That's it. Mm. Yep. Nice and easy to remember. And, and that's all April. I, I really do not get into the website at all. That's her creation. That's her baby. Yeah. There and child, go. I think every time I go to the, our website, I just look at it and go, wow, you did this. You did this. I'm nice. like, this. This is pretty cool, April. And so you do like, I know um, how I heard about you was people said that you would say like, okay, this is going to be, we're going to do a carburetor. It's going to be a two beer job. It's going to be a three beer job. And people, <laughs> they love this. How did you start doing that? Like that, they really, I mean, this, people came to me and said, this guy is awesome. He'll like say it's going to be two beers. So I got, that's why I brought three beers. I thought maybe I would do three beers. With you. That's a little much. So yeah, I I'm thought this was going to be at least a two beer. So <laughs> this, this, three beer, this is a three beer podcast right here. <laughs> Yeah. No, how, how did I get into that? Yeah. You know, I don't do that on every video, but I know there's some of my older videos where I actually did say that. They love yeah. it. They love and, it. And um, it was, it was kind of a, a joke between me and a couple other mechanics I used to work with <laughs> where, where we were like, yeah, we used to say that to each other. I don't really say it that much anymore, but people love it. Isn't it amazing? It's made its yeah. way to like New York city and people are like, like totally talking about you. I mean, I think that's incredible, dude. Like, kudos to you yep. cheers to you man i mean that's yeah, just well awesome. done and there's two important yeah drink to that <laughs> and then uh cheers guys here's <laughs> here's one thing that i think there's two important buttons on your website one is the youtube subscribe button and then there's yep. the click here to buy steve a beer yeah <laughs> that is true <laughs> that's so awesome you know you see the reason we put that button on there yep because I, you know, even a couple of years ago, we received so many comments <laughs> so cool. from people on whatever video, all the videos. And, and they would literally say, Steve, you just saved me like $200. Hey. I didn't have to take, I didn't have to take this into a shop. I just fixed this thing in 15 minutes. It didn't even cost me any parts and it worked perfectly. You just saved me so much money. How do I I want to buy you a beer. How do I do that? That's so awesome. And, and so we went, well, well, we'll put a button up for you. That's so good. Oh, my God. There's one rule in life. When somebody offers to buy you a beer, you don't create a way for them not to do that. That's right. You, you never, my dad always told me that you, if somebody offers you money, never say no. If somebody offers you a beer, never say no. Exactly. That's my two. I uh, this is kind of a running joke on my channel too. Mm -hmm. People always are commenting, saying, "Steve, you use different beer almost every time." 
on your videos, what's your favorite beer? Yeah. And I say, well, I have two favorite beers, free and cold. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even better, if it's both free and cold, that's my number one favorite beer right there. <laughs> That's on awesome. that note, no. Steve, thanks for coming on the show thanks, today, brother. Steve. You have been an absolute pleasure, and we'll do that again sometime. Cheers, Steve. Uh, uh, thank you so much for having me. This was actually really fun. I'm really happy. To <laughs> Keep be being awesome, there. man. You're totally awesome. Keep it up, brother. Bruh, cheers. cheers. You guys too. See ya. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. House. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.